one custom car care. All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A one custom car care. Miss Sarah, how's the world treating you? It's good. How are you? Doing okay. Your air conditioning working okay? It is. We uh, we've started to see quite an influx of folks coming in needing some service. Done. I could imagine, and I think that it's going to just keep getting worse. Although, like the week is not terrible, yeah. but we're going to start getting into those nineties yep. before you know it. They are going to be here. So you and I did a show. Uh, it was last week or the week before. We talked about AC. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, my mom was listening as always. Oh, did hers go out? No, it didn't go out. But what it did trigger is she's like, you know, it kind of doesn't work quite as good as it used to. It right. takes longer to cool. And I was able to get it in for her, and she was about a little over a pound low. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the reason I kind of bring that up for everybody else out there is. Normally, she would not have brought it in until it quit working. And because she heard it on the show and we were doing some discussion about it, uh, she's like, hey, you know, I don't want to bother you, but it isn't working quite as good as it once did. And I said, okay, no big deal. Let's get it in. So it was pretty reasonable uh, as far as cost of everything. It wasn't all that much. And we were able to top it off. I was able to find a small leak that probably had been leaking for quite a while. Uh, do the repairs, clean it up, make sure it was in good shape, top off the uh, refrigerant charge, and hopefully prolong the life of her system. That's really my main goal, especially before it's really being taxed very heavily with 80s and 90s and 100-plus degree temperature with high humidity, that we got it in and and kept it from self-destructing. Because as your refrigerant leaks out, a portion of the oil that keeps the system alive leaks out as well. So running low on charge means running low on oil, and then we have a catastrophic air compressor failure. And I didn't want that. Um, that gets very expensive very quickly, as well as I feel like it's it's a need that we talk about sealers and stop leaks for uh, for refrigerant. Um, definitely need to make sure that you do not do that. Do not buy any of the drop-in very quote-unquote convenient, and I use that very derogatorily, um, with sealers or stop leaks. If you are going to try and top it off, and again, that's not always the problem. We fix a lot of AC complaints with electrical issues that we take care of. Um, but, uh, that's kind of been this week. So I'm glad we had that discussion, Sarah. So I actually almost yelled at a guy at Walmart. Mm-hmm. He was coming out and you know what he had in his hand? Oh yeah. Yeah. He had a can of that uh, magical AC in a can. And I thought, oh, I need to tell him, but then he immediately got in his truck and like drove off and I, I could not give him the PSA. So I think I shared this with you before. I was actually in a big box parts store last summer. Mm-hmm. And the person behind the counter was actually pushing that. It was AC Pro, I think, is the name of that particular one. It's pretty common. You see it in a lot of them. And I was under a conundrum. And I remember what your answer was last year, but I'm curious. Should somebody speak up in that instance? Or is it weird to be like, mind your own business, you know? No, I would definitely speak up. I mean, if... If you speak up and then they're like, oh, mind your own business. I mean, it's kind of on them. But if you have that knowledge and you're seeing somebody, because the reason they're buying that is yeah. because they're suffering, because it's hot, yes. it's terrible. They've 
probably got pets that, you know, they don't want to leave <laughs> yep. in the vehicle. Yep. Yeah. So definitely speak up. And then if they're kind of jerks about it, it's on them. Is that my answer last year? Too? I think it was. <laughs> okay. it, it definitely was. Consistency. <laughs> yep, you are for sure. My thought, though, is that it's kind of like at the gym when people give out like gym advice to other. Right. Like, do you do that? Is it like cool or is it very uncool? I don't know. I, I wrestle with that a little bit. I did in this instance say, hey, you know, if you're going to top off the system, um, he was also driving a late model Chevy pickup. And I know some inherent areas that those leak in. And so I kind of went over that in person with him to say, hey, you know, the system's going to be completely ruined once you get done with that stuff. And then B, if you do want to do that, they do make Virgin 134A uh, small cans of refrigerant. Again, that's not always the case. So I don't want everybody, I don't just throw refrigerant at cars when they come in. We have a whole checkout and evaluation process that we test thoroughly. And a lot of times we fix things that don't require any refrigerant. But if it is a refrigerant leak uh, and you are going to attempt that yourself, get the just straight clean 134A refrigerant and you won't damage the rest of your system. So. I think that's good advice. Hopefully it pans out. I always hate when somebody comes in and they have already done it and they didn't know any better. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, what do we do from here? I'm like, well, it's fourteen to $2,200 to fix mm -hmm. it because you've guaranteed that all those components are now contaminated with that stop leak. And a lot of people are like, well, can't you flush it out? It is literally stop leak. It sets up in a kind of a, like almost a hard silly putty or Play-Doh kind of. I have removed systems and then cut portions of it open where I knew there was a big restriction and it ends up in this like brick in there. So no, wow. you cannot flush it And it, it out. can mess up your tools too, right? Oh yeah. So anytime that somebody does that and we evacuate the system into our machine, whatever is still flowing in there is now flowing in my machine until it's not. And then it contaminates and ruins my machine. So several thousand dollars each time that one ekes into the shop and we don't ask the questions due diligence on the front side and then it's down my machine and then it doesn't work right and it's locked up and no flow happens and so please don't do that <laughs> it's a painful painful way to find out as well as kind of in my mom's case there's a lot of times that people will shoot that in there that wasn't the initial issue so now we have the initial issue and sealer in the system so thankfully she didn't do that she called me on the phone, said, hey, I want to get it checked. So we did get it checked. We got it topped off for, and it was blowing extremely cool. So if you do have, how do we deal with a leaking system? Well, if you do have a leak, if you need refrigerant, you have a leak. There's no ifs, ands, ors, or buts about it. If the system is low, it went somewhere. It just didn't, you know, turn into an inert gas. <clears throat> that uh, refrigerant leaked out into the atmosphere. So You'll top it off and it'll work again if it's leak or charge related. And then you have to find the leak. Well, how do we do that? So we have a extremely high quality synthetic oil and dye mix that we use and we source. And so you don't want to oversaturate a system with oil, but we will top it off with either an ounce, maybe two ounces. If it's a big system, like in a van, we may do three or four, uh, but we don't oversaturate the system. And then we will run the system. Now, we do have many sniffers and, and ways to isolate refrigerant, but the oil lace dye is, 
I don't want to say it's foolproof because I've had a few occasions if it's an evaporator leaking or something like that, it's hard to determine. But it's the most high success rate that I have found on automotive applications is to induce, induce a very controlled or particular amount of oil and dye, run the system, let it circulate through the whole AC system, go through the evaporation process, the condensation process, uh, condensing, and then being compressed and then shot back through. It's, it's just a big circle, basically. And that allows me to be very, very accurate in making a repair. So in my mom's case, I was able to find it because it had dye in it previously. Um, there were service ports, which is a very common place for them to leak. They were leaking. I serviced them, replaced them, uh, charged the system back up, filtered what was in there, put it back in there, and she was good to go very reasonably. So hopefully that helps a few people out there as we go into summer. But Sarah and I are going to step into a break. We're going to pick it up on the other side after this. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back, Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, Sarah, tell the folks what you're after for this segment. I feel like we haven't talked about it in a really long time, so I just want to hear some like weird, in-depth stories of things that have been going around the shop. Like Not just like the weird stuff, but like what caused it, why was it weird? So that is a long list of things. And and over the last couple of decades, I've had some very, very interesting things come in. I had an old guy stop by one time, um, and it was actually another tech that I was working with that this happened to. But he stops in and he says, hey, can you tighten up my U-joint? And I'm like, you know, that's not really something as I'm as I'm going through the story that you do. U-joints are good or bad. They're they're basically what allows the drive shaft to spin and then have some some movement in them. And so the tech that I'm working with, he's he was a great technician. He's got his own shop at this point. He's doing pretty well now. But years ago, we brings it in, puts it up on the rack, and the U-joint had gone out, and he was an old farmer. And he had taken barbed wire, and he had laced it around and through that joint, and every once in a while, he would tighten that barbed wire down to hold his drive shaft in, which amazes me that it even moved at all and that it had been like that for so long um, that he had a procedure of tightening his U-joint. And he drove that away. And I am still to this day in awe about that 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 even worked because if it was me, I, I would have been broke down and it would have poked a hole in my fuel tank or something crazy. Um, so that was a kind of an interesting one. I've had many, many times, and I'm sure you've seen them on Facebook or TikTok or whatever, where different kinds of animals get under the hood in the front grill. Um, there's been possums quite often, cats a lot. Um, very seldom have I ever seen dogs crawl up in an engine compartment. Uh, raccoons, I've definitely seen any kind of rodent that you can imagine. Um, one of the probably more unpleasant ones that I ever had, um, some folks came in in a Toyota Camry. This has probably been about 15 years ago. And didn't say anything about, you know, a smell or anything. The car really didn't smell, you know, of anything that I would key in on. But their complaint is they had a blower motor vibration. Now, that happens quite a bit where things will get sucked out of the um, 
the glove box into the blower motor. They're in a very similar case. And so that's what I assumed happened. It was napkins or pencils or something. But as I took the blower motor down and as I'm laying very awkwardly crammed down in the floorboard and the blower motor comes out, a mouse falls out of the blower motor pretty much right in my face um, that had been in there for a long time. And so that was a pretty good one. Uh, definitely memorable. Um, but the mice to the face that had been dead for a while, uh, not my most uh, favorite one. I had a good one one time. Gentleman came in for some exhaust work. Uh, we've done custom exhaust and fabrication for many, many years at this point. Um, he says, hey, I want my come along back when you're done. I'm like, what? Okay, sure. So I pull it up on the rack, and his exhaust had broken, and he had taken the come along on one end and the come along on the other and and basically pulled tension back together. So I was able to fix his exhaust system, got his come along back to him. That was definitely a pretty good one. You know, other than that, we've had some pretty cool classic old cars in the shop. We don't do a lot of classic old car stuff. but I was going to say, I remember we talked, uh, oh gosh, probably a year ago, and we talked about where do people go for classic car repairs. So my dad was a paint and body man by trade, amazingly good at it. And at different points in his time, he worked for true restoration shops. And that's where they specialized, and all they did was either refurbing the parts that were on the car... Um, I can remember talking to some restoration technicians that would pull the brake lines off, excuse me, and they would take a steel or a wire brush and a rust dissolving compound, and they would, like with a toothbrush, they would clean the original brake lines that were on the car. That's not really what A1 Custom Car Care does. We are extremely good diagnostic, general repair, and custom exhaust shop. That's, if I could sum it up in a, a short kind of description, when you want to know what's wrong with your car and get it repaired to a original equipment or better status, that's really what we do. Now, we dabble. I say we dabble. We're truly been, that's what our, our business is built on, is the ability to do custom exhaust and fabrication, and then we have branched out from there. So if you need a restoration job done, we are not your shop. There are a couple, a couple of them around here. Um, there's one out in Battlefield. I believe he's still doing it. Guy does an amazing job. I've done a lot of his custom exhaust fabrication for him, and his work is as good, if not better, than anybody I've ever seen. An amazing dude. But what we do is we build or fabricate, uh, and, and on certain occasions we will take on a classic car, but it's very seldom. We will build custom fabricated exhaust. And so this last couple that I've done have been really fun ones more than anything. The last one in particular was a Chevy 2 or a little Chevy Nova station wagon, which I have never seen one of those. I'm sure you can find it online. Um, had a beautiful uh, restoration. It had to have been a rotisserie where they put it in a jig and they roll the vehicle on its side, do all the undercarriage. I mean, it was beautiful underneath and and top to bottom they had a pretty good little built i believe it was a small block in there had a nice aftermarket upgraded transmission in there where they had really struggled was the tailpipes up over the axles whoever had done it um 
when you're building that, you have to allow for suspension travel. And depending, especially in a wagon, where potentially you could have more payload in the back, they didn't allow for the rear differential and the body distance to decrease under load or under heavy suspension activity. And so they weren't real crazy about the sound or the exhaust that was on the the vehicle. It had a pretty good job done to it, but the left side tailpipe had a huge area that had just been crushed from the rear differential beating on the tailpipe. And so this was way too nice of a car to leave it that way. So I don't recall what mufflers. I believe it had 40 series Flowmasters on there, but I could be wrong. We ended up going to a stainless steel, free-flowing design, MagnaFlow, and I've put probably thousands of those on over the years. And really the questioning strategy of the customer of what kind of sound you're looking for and and try and dial that in to what muffler will be the best fit for them. So we, we did that. We installed two new stainless uh, free-flowing MagnaFlows on there. I built two custom tailpipes with two really sharp stainless steel turndowns on there, as well as I upgraded the diameter of the size of the tailpipes, A, because I had bent them different to give us more uh, suspension travel, and B, I wanted to make sure that we were able to deepen that tone. And when I talk a lot with people, the muffler matters of what kind of tone that you're going to get out of it. But the diameter of the pipe, how many bends are in the pipe, how sharp the bends are. So you may have two exhaust systems that have all the same components on them. But because you change some subtleties of how you build those systems, you will change the tone that that customer gets to experience. And I've had some amazing mentors. I've I've developed a lot of my own stuff just from doing it for years of how to affect some tone resonance drone inside the vehicle um and that is a really really cool thing to be able to build and fabricate where a lot of folks you know just throw different mufflers at it and they don't understand how it affects the tonality of that exhaust system and i'm very thankful to have come into the business at the time where i truly had some some gentlemen that understood the acoustics and how the sound worked, how it bounced through the pipe, etc. And then, you know, I've done so much of it over the years, I've developed a little bit of an understanding and an ear for it. Uh, I am in no way a musician, by no means. I can barely play the radio half the time. But understanding how an eternal combustion 4.6 V8 engine is going to do and how to really custom tune that system to get the right sound out of it is something I truly love to do. And I don't get to do it as much as I used to, but I'm thankful to do it once in a while. But we're already halfway through the show. We're down at the bottom of the hour. Sarah and I will pick it up on the other side. For complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back, Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, you got some paperwork on the Ford Maverick. Yes. So what do you think of those? Before we get into that too much. I think they're a nice looking truck. I Would you call them a truck? Well, I well, I think I that... I might get some haters over this discussion. No, so I've noticed a lot with the newer trucks mm-hmm. that there is a lot less truck and there's a lot more like space when yeah. it comes to like inside of the vehicle, but the beds, 
They're so oh, small yeah. that like you can hardly haul things in them. Yeah. So I seen one the other day, and he had it like a whole bunch of bundles of like insulation in there, uh-huh. and he had them super tied on there, trying to keep whatever you know. And it was only like four bundles, but the payload capacity is very very minor. But at least you have like a truck bed to be able to use. They remind me of the old El Caminos. Oh yeah, which those had a huge bed mm-hmm. on them, but it's kind of I don't know. It's it's like a compact El Camino or Ranchero. Would you, uh, we need like a, the best of both we worlds. We do almost. We really do. It uh, they're really cool. Uh, a gentleman that uh, used to come out to Bricks Belgian Waffle when uh-huh. you do the live remotes. I ran into him at the Emos here in town, and he had just bought one. He had a Lariat, I think, was the trim package, and he loved it. Oh yeah. He was talking just so highly, and he had come out of a Honda. Oh, what are the truck Hondas? They're not actual trucks. I know, I'm, man, I'm going to get so many haters on this, but uh, he had come out of uh, the little truck Honda. And Sarah, if you could bail me out Is it with the ridge a, line? The ridge line, yes. Thanks. Thank you, Sarah, for Googling me out of that one. And he loved his ridge line. He had that thing for years. Him and I would talk about it when we'd go to breakfast out in uh, Ozark back in the day. And uh, he had moved into that, and he said he was getting now, it was a hybrid. I'm pretty sure he told me 47 miles to the gallon. Wow. And I could see the appeal. Yeah. That, if you could do 47 miles to the gallon traveling or just local commuting. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, that's not nothing to shake a stick at. My main concern, though, as we've talked many times, is the battery. But if I was going to do it, I would do a hybrid. That, that would be my, my jam. Um, however, what I do for most of my stuff it's not going to hold up. You know, once they get a one-ton hybrid out there, which I know Dodge is, you know, dabbling in this a little bit with some of their heavier, heavier-duty vehicles, uh, but time will tell how they how they pan out. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I do have a story here mm-hmm. for those who do have Ford Mavericks out there. Ford is recalling their Maverick over fire risk for a second fire time. Again. Yes, the second time. So Ford is recalling over 125,000 pickup trucks and crossovers mm. that could catch fire. That's according to a campaign that was published by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. So here's the details. The recall expands on a similar recall that was issued in July of 2022 mm-hmm. that covered over 100,000 Ford Escapes, Ford Mavericks, and Lincoln Corsairs uh, that were built between 2020 and 2023. And they were equipped with the company's 2.5 liter hybrid powertrain. Mm-hmm. Now, the, in the event of an engine failure, the recall says engine oil and fuel vapor can enter the engine compartment and um, it can basically catch fire near a hot ignition source like the exhaust, which then boom, there's your fire right My there. Goodness. So Ford says it knows of three instances where vehicles caught fire after undergoing the 2022 recall, suggesting the company's original fix did not solve the problem. So the new fix is currently under development. In the meantime, Ford is advising owners to park and shut off the engine as quickly as possible if they hear an unexpected engine noise or notice a reduction in vehicle power or if they see smoke. Mm. And if you think that your vehicle might be affected by this recall, make sure to head over to the NH... Uh, hold on, let me try that again. NHTSA 
S website and enter your VIN. Ford is expected to mail notices to owners uh, June 12th, so it looks like those have already been mailed out. Mm -hmm. And then they will do a follow-up notice when a solution is available. You know, I think I talked about this a little while back. I had picked up and towed a car out of Tulsa here a few weeks back. Oh, uh uh-huh. And there were, and I'm not, this is unrelated. I didn't see any Mavericks or any Ford products that I could tell. There was like three or four from Tulsa to Springfield burned vehicles on the side of the road. Um, They were actually in the turnpike, so this must have been Oklahoma. I didn't see any once we got into Missouri. A, the question is, have you ever been around a vehicle fire, Sarah? Have you seen one? It's insane how quickly that goes up, as well as, um, do you carry a fire extinguisher in your car? No. Okay. And I'm not meaning to put you on the spot. Should I add that to my safety list? I would strongly recommend it. That's okay. something that I have started to add recently. Um, you know, I know it's always been a thing on there. Uh, I buy a lot of fire extinguishers. They sit around uh, my garage. We've got them in the kitchen. I've got one in my bedroom. I really need to put a couple in the, not maybe not a couple, but in the kids' rooms. I need to put one in each one of those. Because a lot of times when the fire is small, in my experience, you can snuff it out very quickly. I have I have caught a lot of vehicles on fire. I shouldn't share that with everybody. But it's part of doing automotive repair. Yeah, Sometimes things happen. And they weren't all my fault, by the way. Things just er- erupted. But a lot of times when they're very small, I have even cut like holes in the top of water bottles with the lid on, like sliced and then squeezed the bottle to give like a spray. Um, And I've had, you know, thankfully I've been able to put out vehicles and whatnot. I've never had one burn truly to the ground. The reason I bring all this up is A, you should have a fire extinguisher, know how to use it. It shouldn't be rolling around. It needs to be mounted somewhere that you can grab it when you need it. Uh, But B, if you do have a fire... I worked in the pits on dirt track race cars quite a few years, and I got to see a fair amount of fires. I on did those. not know that. Yeah. Monette, uh, quite a bit here in Springfield. I was uh, working on a good buddy of mine. Was this when you were like a teen or I w- recently? Or? No, it's been quite a few years ago. I'm trying to think. I would have been my late teens and early 20s probably. Oh, how fun. It was a blast. And we would travel down to Arkansas and... and uh, we, it was the Show Me Racing series. Ken Esri was running it at that point in time. And so I pretty much all weekend and a few nights through the week, that was my evenings is what I did. So That sounds so fun. I didn't know that about it you. It was a blast. It really was. But what initially showed me this lesson is if you have an underhood fire and you open the hood, that rush of oxygen from opening the hood really accelerates what that fire is able to do. Uh, yeah. And so a lot of times, if there is a way to get the fire extinguisher directed in there, whether it's through the cowl or if you can pop the primary, not the secondary, and and shoot the fire extinguisher in through the gap in the hood uh, above the grill, or if you do open the hood, A, you have to watch, and I'm going to date myself again, Sarah, there was a movie probably late 80s, early 90s called Backdraft. Okay. Have you ever seen that? No. Had Kurt Russell in it. Oh, I like Kurt Russell. Kurt, yeah, it was a, a pretty young Kurt Russell. He did a great job in it. Uh, it had another pretty up-and-coming actor. He was one of the brothers. I'm blanking on his name. William right Baldwin? Now. Baldwin. He was a Baldwin, yes. 
Uh, he was the younger oh, brother. Robert De Niro was in it. Yes, he is the fire marshal in that mm-hmm. particular movie. I was infatuated with that movie as a kid. We had it on VHS. Uh, we had recorded it probably somewhere. Um, but long story short, when you'd open those doors, the arsonist made it to where the fire wouldn't go out or snuff out, but the inrush of air would create a backdraft, and he was essentially causing bad things to happen to people. So the similar thing or the the premise behind that is when you open the hood up, the same thing happens. And so you will open the hood and it'll immediately flare up the fire. So be prepared for that, obviously. You don't need to get burned or hurt or anything worse than what you're already dealing with. As well as you have to deploy the fire extinguisher before it starts getting a lot of the highly combustible items of the vehicle that so much of your vehicle out there and i'm talking to everybody out there listening is made of plastics and once that plastic starts going holy cow is it hard to get put out not to mention all the fuel that you've got as well as the tires on the vehicle you just about i won't say that you can't i know we have some amazing firefighters out there but if you're there with a a small fire extinguisher or multiple fire extinguishers I saw some videos online of where a, a, I think it was a combine caught on fire, and they caught it pretty quickly. But there was so much combustible organic material on that one. I can remember seeing a photo of it fully engulfed in flames, and the big fire extinguisher, so there's probably a half a dozen of them laying on the ground next to it, and it essentially got too far away from them and burned that combine to the ground. Oof. So it's one of those things you don't plan on. Uh, we always talk about carrying water for different reasons and whatnot, but fire extinguisher is a new hot button item for me in most of our cars. And so I'm, as I'm thinking about it right now, to own it to everybody, I don't think I have fire extinguishers in the kids' cars as of yet, so I need to get that done. Speaking of fires and mm-hmm. everything, well, I kind of, not really, but I decided to, I've been driving an EV mm-hmm. here recently, so I opened the hood for the yep. first time. The front trunk? Yeah, I was kind of curious what was going on yeah. underneath there. I have no idea what's going on. It's not <laughs> like your normal engine nope. in there. And it's got like two or even three Multiple. batteries. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I noticed, because there's no oil that you have to change. Nope. So I was kind of curious, what does that look like under there? So there is probably, oh gosh, probably four coolant things mm-hmm. make yep. sure that battery stays nice and cool make sure that it doesn't get into a situation where overheat it does overheat and it causes a fire because those types of oh, fires yeah. with the evs i have watched videos of those what do you think of those videos like well, what's your first reaction it's like panic it is panic yeah. especially now that i've been driving one mm-hmm. my first thought is how am i going to get my kid out of my car as quickly as possible it's such a hot fire too like yeah and it goes just oh, like yeah. that but yeah i watched a video i think it was on like a california freeway mm-hmm. and i mean it completely just burned that tesla to the ground yeah. the fire crew couldn't do anything mm-hmm. they couldn't get it to to stop and the as i already professed here on the show i burned a lot of things over the years the caustic fumes or the gases coming from those oh my that is some rough rough stuff so we are going to step into one more break sarah and i'll wrap things up in a nice little bow right after this for complete car care solution a1 custom car care all right welcome back sarah and dustin a1 custom car care sarah you alluded earlier that we are going to do a 
I, would it be a destination show? Yeah. So I think we could we could give a little precursor to it. Okay. But I would love some people to give us their takes. Yes, please do so. So, you know, uh, I haven't lived in Missouri my whole life. We lived up north for a little while. There's some cool things up there. Uh, done a little traveling down south. I really haven't traveled much. So I don't know that I have like a ton. I will try to do my best to contribute. But if you guys know some places around Springfield or in Missouri, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Kansas, about the only thing I know out in Kansas is the Big Brutus. Have you ever stopped at the Big Brutus I have out there? stopped at the Big Brutus. They used to let you climb on it. And the last people that went out there, I guess they don't let you do that anymore. Oh, no kidding. Well, when I was a kid, I was I uh-huh. climbed it. I did, too. I did, too. So if there's some things that people know, Sarah, how do they send, like, hey, this place is awesome. Check it out. Blah, blah, blah. Text us. That'll be the best okay. way to do it. Or we're also on uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. So you can... Just comment on our video and mm-hmm. just be like, hey, you should look this up for next week's show. And I will do so. I am a constant travel bug. So if you have places in and around our four state area, mm-hmm. I want to hear about them. So you can text the text line. That phone number is 417-447-5743. Once again, that phone number is 4475743 and I've been putting our videos up on the A1 Custom Facebook page. I believe it is the Central Springfield one okay. that I've been posting those. But yeah, just look up A1 Custom on Facebook and you'll find our videos so you can comment in the comment section as well. So if you had a place in the four state area, what would that be? Like what is your favorite destination locally around here? Locally, oh gosh. So I started my list already, Mm -hmm. as you can see. I'm just now getting to Arkansas. Mm. Yeah, so locally here, my favorite one in Missouri is probably Echo Bluff State Park. Never heard of it. It's an eminence, so ah. it, and it's like two and a half hours okay. away. So it's a pretty doable day Not trip. Not bad. Not bad. And uh, it's it's beautiful. There is these big bluffs. I mean, just massive bluffs, and there's a river that runs along the side of it. Oh. And just driving there, it's kind of on the edge of the Mark Twain Forest. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's just these great big trees. So is it out east, Missouri? Is yes. It eastern. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're just driving along these massive bluffs. And then, boom, wild horses. That's awesome. Wild horses, yeah. Wild. And in fact, you're in Missouri. Yeah, in Missouri. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know that. It is just fascinating. I had a friend. She actually. Is it safe to say you like horses? I'm I love put you horses. On the spot. Yeah. Are you sure? I was one of those little girls that I was always like, I want a pony. And oh. I never got a pony. So, no. what maybe... about now? Why don't you have one now? Because they're expensive. They now are. I understand. And the upkeep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. By the time you have a farrier and the food and yes. all the stuff. Oh, the food. Yeah. But I, I tip my hat to horse people. That is a labor of love. That, that really is definitely is. a long-term commitment. Yes. Yes. I but, love horses. I. Me too. We have, and I don't think they're horses, not to steal your, your portion of this. Uh, I think they're mule, mules. Yeah, they're mules. The My neighbor across the street has a uh, rubber air pneumatic wheeled wagon. That he can take his whole family with a team of mules. And he's offered a couple of times, and I haven't taken him up on that it. But sounds I need to fun. Do that sounds fun. You should do that. I it bet the looks kids would love like it. The smile on his face and everybody on the wagon is uh-huh. just like, 
It's super cool. Oh, that sounds like fun. And he runs that team of mules. I mean, they do well, even, you know, out on the road, slow-moving vehicle, etc. So he does a good job with that. Yeah. So, hey, if you like horses, mm-hmm. but you want to see some wild ones, Echo Bluff State Park. Echo Bluff. Okay. I'm going to yep. have to put that on the list. I do have a question. I know we're running probably. No, you're, you're okay. Have you ever been to Johnson Shut-In State Park? I've been there numerous times. So everybody recommends that. I've never been there. Give me the lowdown. How's that one looking? So that is the best way to describe it. It is like like this kind of like slow moving waterfall river kind of thing really? and over time it's all show you photos it has kind of deteriorated the rocks they're ah. very soft um so you can actually get into the water and it kind of makes this like water slide nice and they also have these little pockets of areas where you can just kind of set next to the the moving water oh, and just yeah. kind of just have a chill out day that's what i'm talking about it's really nice okay. i've been there a couple times i gotta put that one's like on my probably my higher list you know yeah. we've got a one-ton truck that's got a billion miles on it but it pulls our camper pretty good um, I've really always wanted to go there, but I'm going to have to look into eminence and see kind of what that's looking like. Um, this one's off the map. It's not really a destination and I think it's called Grand Falls. Oh, is that Joplin? It is Joplin. See, look, I'm like, yep, I got that one. Okay. It's nice. It is a beautiful place to stop. Mm-hmm. I stumbled onto it when I was doing construction years ago, just drove by and, uh, I'm not sure what Creek or river that's on. But it's a small falls, but mm-hmm. it's a pretty good size one. Nice kind of flat area of rocks you can walk out. It's just a really cool place to hang. I haven't been there in years. Um, it's kind of by the Love's Truck Stop off I-44, is if I remember how to get there. So my best friend, she lives in Oklahoma. And oftentimes, whenever neither of us wants to drive to Springfield or the other one doesn't want to drive to Vanita... Uh, we typically will meet up in Joplin. Mm-hmm. We'll do lunch and, like, nice. you know, Christmas, things like that. Yeah. So that is typically where our meetup place ah. is. Yeah, we'll go and get, um, like, lunch. Yeah. And then we'll just, like, walk off our lunch and just kind of hang out. Heck, yeah. We're nature people, so. That's a beautiful it is one. Actually, yeah, I almost put that on my list. I think it's, wor- I think it's worthy of the list. I don't yeah. know what else is on the list, but. It's pretty good. That one's definitely worthy of it. You know, I think there's some amazing things like in the bigger cities, but I prefer like stuff like Grand Falls or have to look into Eminence. And uh, uh, we do a lot of caving or we did when the kids were younger. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really enjoy that. We've done Onyx Cave down in Arkansas. We've done, I forget what the cave name at uh, Silver Dollar City is. We've done that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've done Merrimack uh, Caverns. We've done Fantastic Caverns. Both of them absolutely amazing. The prettiest cave that I've been to in Missouri is Onondaga. I haven't done that one yet. Onondaga is beautiful. And I was actually up in Lake of the Ozarks a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and I saw a ton of signs for Bridal Cave. I've done that one. I've heard of it. It's a beautiful cave. I should go. Because I I really got into like cave, what is it called, Spelunky? Yep. I got into that I had a couple years ago, and so I just went on like a ton of cave tours, like in a matter of months. Absolutely, yeah, great way to spend a summer. We kind of did that as well. We we spent a summer going to a lot of caves. Um, Bridal Cave's a good one, if I remember right. I'm a larger gentleman, so there was kind of a lot of 
watch your head in that yeah. cave, but it was beautiful. Have you done the Civil War uh, Smallin Cave just outside of Nixa? Yes, I have a friend that works there, actually. Oh, that one's amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people that owned it, at least when, when we went there, they were passionate. Yeah, the tour guides. Oh, yeah, off the Top hook. notch. Yeah, really good job. They talked about doing a uh, like a cornbread and beans lantern tour around. Oh, I've seen those. Uh, I think it was around Halloween, if I remember. I, I've always wanted to do that here locally. But I, we need to know some stuff that uh, maybe we don't know yet. Um, so I'll try and see if I can't put some stuff together as well and hopefully live up to your uh, destinations <laughs> uh, travel. You're definitely very passionate about it. I can see your list over there now. And you have gotten to see some stuff and yes. it looks like you've enjoyed it. I, gotta, I have to finish Arkansas and Kansas. And I might even add some things for Iowa and Nebraska. Because mm-hmm. so with my family... We and we'll tie this back into automotive. I promise. So you're talking here. kind of Midwest, is yes. what you're thinking. My family, we always hated just sitting at home on the weekends. Mm-hmm. We always went somewhere, and it was always within like a five to eight hour. Yeah. Be, because we wanted to be home, you know, and then maybe sometimes we would have like an overnight stay. Sure. But we always took road trips, and that was the most memorable thing for me as a kid. And I now have this travel bug. Where mm-hmm. I just want to go places and do things and experience things, especially now that I have the little one. I want him to go yeah. out and experience things, especially things that were meaningful to mm-hmm. me or just really had an impact. I want him to experience those and I want to watch it kind of through his eyes yeah. as well. So um, to tie it back to automotive, you know, we always made sure that we always got our vehicles um, properly maintained. We were always making sure that they were in the shops and making sure that they were ready to go for the weekends because yeah. this really was spring, summer, and even like early fall. We were always going somewhere, mm. always doing something. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and we'll tie it in. We'll talk about, we'll do some road trip maintenance. We, we did a show not terribly long mm-hmm. ago. I don't know, maybe like a month or two yep. where we talked about road trip maintenance and what to pack and what to have in your safety kit and whatnot. But do you ever recall having any breakdowns while you were on any of those trips as a kid? I know that we had one and it was like the worst case scenario oh, too. No. So dun, we dun, were dun. in Kansas, somewhere in Kansas. I think we were in Topeka actually. And we were stopped at a long John Silver's and we were getting ourselves some lunch and our vehicle was kind of messing up. So my dad was out there kind of messing with it. And then we hit severe weather, like while we were at this oh, little. No. Yeah. So it was a little scary, but we got it all taken care of. We, we weren't too terribly far from a Walmart. So at that time, my dad was able to go and like spark plug or something. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that was a little scary. But other than that, no, we were pretty prepared. That's awesome. Yeah. Good, good, good. So that'll be probably next show. I'll try to kick it into overdrive and get this list done and I'll put you on the spot. Make sure you get some done, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, So we have two minutes left. Uh, Give us an update on the shop at Fort. So big week this week. As I was coming in earlier this week, I happened to see a crane, like, sticking up, like, way, way before I could even see the shop. It's like, hmm, wonder if that's our shop. So as I got closer, it was. And they are starting to put up the wrought iron or red beams that you would see. Um, to support all the purlins and the structure itself. So you will notice that it's 
significantly taller than our existing building, and we did that to be able to service taller or higher profile like delivery trucks and vans and just you know more fleet service along with all of our you know customers that live locally here you know some of you guys have vans and trucks and suburbans and you know that kind of stuff and we needed a little more height to be able to service some of those larger higher profile vehicles so the steel structure is starting to go up the concrete guys did an amazing job really really good job um, so all the the exterior, you know, the bones of the building, if you will, are going up, and we're going to get to see that here in the next few weeks. Oh, that's excited. Well, Big I am ready for the next update. Oh, yeah. We're getting there slowly. Uh, but believe it or not, we're out of show. All so done. if you're uh, out there in Radio Land, you have a question or comment, shoot us a text on our text line, 417-447-5743, or reach out to us on social media. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. Yes, you as well. Be safe. Bye.